in a game where two teams clearly didn't look like playoff teams uh, for a while. The second half opened up and turned into a bit of a goal fest, but not in the way that Toronto FC fans probably hoped. Uh, welcome to the Tunnel Club post-game show uh, with your hosts, uh, Mike Newell and Sean Levy. As always, uh, after a, I mean, you can't really say disappointing at this point because, of, you know, it's just a, it's another loss uh, on the road for TFC 4-2 against uh, Atlanta United, uh, losing to a center back hat trick. Uh, is a new one, I think. I don't think anybody had that on the bingo card. Uh, but, Sean, I wanted to bring you in and get your thoughts on the match. And just, I think we both have been saying for a while that the playoffs were going to be pretty close to not achievable for this club, given where they were and given the, the mountain they were going to have to climb. But, this all but puts the nail in the coffin. Mathematically not done, but I'm pretty sure it's safe to say it's really done now, right? I, you know me, I pretty much, I, especially after the last last week's game, I counted. I, to me, it's over. Um, it was just hard to watch today. It was the mistakes were were so so bad. Like set piece defending was just non-existent. Um, you know, players at this point, you know, need you would think are auditioning for to see if they, they want to come back next year, whether they're going to be deaf players. And, you know, Nobel looked just was out of it. Um, Kay was, I, I do get he's just coming back from injury. It's only a second game, but yeah, he, he was not great today. Um, like, <laughs> there's one bright spot, in my opinion, and and that that's cue with with some big saves, and outside of that, I mean, it was a real hard game to watch. Yeah, look, uh, I don't think we need to talk a lot tonight. Um, I think we'll just open up the lines uh, and let you guys talk, vent if you need to. Who? <laughs> Uh, go ahead and request the mic in the bottom left hand corner if you want to jump on air and give us your thoughts on the match. And sort of how this season is sort of heading in the last four games. Uh, or if you want to tweet in a comment, go ahead and do that by uh, just using hashtag TFC Tunnel Club or at mention us in your tweet. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, this is uh, that first half, you know, it, it kind of went the way I thought, right? Atlanta was going to have a lot of the ball. Um, and, and look, again, TFC had injuries, you know, no Oso again, you know, no Insigne this time for family reasons. I'm not going to speculate on what that means. I don't know. Just hope his family's fine. Um, you know, you, you don't, you, you get Mark Anthony K back. It's like you're getting pieces back, but then the whole puzzle just can't seem to get together at the right time. You lose Chris Mavinga, you bring in McNaughton. You know, you make the switch at goalkeeper at Westbrook. And look, Westbrook played well enough. Um, made some big saves. To obviously saved the penalty, which is massive. Um, but you just feel like this team, as soon as its motor starts to kind of start to turn over, something happens, right? And part of it is luck, for sure. 
I think part of it is, I think, I think some of it's tactical. Like, I think some of it is, you know, Bob Bradley's system, whatever that's supposed to really look like or mean, not quite fitting the way I think everybody thought it would. Now, of course, this is part of a rebuild. And this rebuild has been told to us by many people uh, is going to take multiple window transfer windows, which means multiple seasons, right? It's not going to be one and done, but I also will not blame the fans. And I've said this before for raising their expectations. Once you sign an Insigne and sign a Bernadette, right? Like th- those naturally, those, those expectations will go up rightly, wrongly, fairly, or not fairly. Um, and I think that's I think that's where some of the frustration from the, the fan base comes from. I think there is a recognition that this team is not by any stretch the done deal yet. But I also will not blame fans for raising their expectations a little bit once you bring in the two DPs. Does does that make sense? Sean, does that make sense, TFC Live, like in terms of what I'm thinking? If I'm wrong, please, again, br- jump on the mic or or tweet at me and, and let me know. Um, but I think that's – I think it's fair to say that it's a disappointing because I think the glimmer of hope was given, you know, in July, at the end of July and going into August. And – if they like, if they had, if the Italians had come and played okay, but we weren't getting any results, I think a lot of people would have been like, "Yeah, it's rebuilding. We get it." But because of the way they played, how spectacular they were, and then the res- results started to come, that skewed things a little bit. Well, uh, I mean, okay, let's. We gotta I think take a step back. I mean, yes, as a, from a fan's perspective, the hype was there. We got to outstanding. Players, when you also add Prosciutto, things were looking quite positive. You know, the results start to come. But, you know, if we all take a step back, in reality, those signings didn't really paper over all the issues that is wrong with TFC. We have no depth. So when key players go down injured or are missing, <clears throat> that the team struggles. Right. Uh, offensively, you basically are now relying on uh, Bernadeschi to do to be, you know, Superman out there. And and, you know, because at this point, since they've come in, they've been the the offense. Right. Him and, and Sinead have been our, our threats. So now you expect, you know, there's even more expectation when when it's only one of them. Um, but in reality, we are not strong enough defensively. We are not strong enough in the midfield. Um our depth pieces when, when we're asked to start aren't ready to start or just aren't good enough to start. We need to start, you know, start admitting some realities when it comes to the, 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 some of the guys on the roster, they're just not, they, they're not good enough. You know, we, we saw it tonight. We just had like set piece plays like the third, I can't remember the, the whatever, Corner, he all, scored all, all of them, yeah, pretty much. Like, he scored like, on all corners. But but the one where when you saw they all kind of watch it, thinking, "Oh, it's going out of bounds," and you saw Jaquil just kind of watch it go over and not even try to at least kind of 
jump towards the player, jump up in the air to see if, and like he just stood and watched it, like nothing. And when you're when it's that easy for your opponent to just, you know, get have possession in the box, cross it to another, like it, it's again, we're just not good enough. And you know, a few times even like I'm not to criticize Jaquil, just he seems hesitant out there. He doesn't seem confident in, in, in what he's doing. Like there's times where he should be more of a, uh, he should be stepping up more to be, to receive a pass, to make it, you know, what I saw Bernadette, he had pressure on him and instead of him stepping up to receive the pass and maybe move it the opposite side, spread it. He just kind of backed away. And if you're going to play like that, like you're not ready to be starting in ML. And again, I understand new position and all that, but at a certain point, like, Either can you you either are ready or you're not. I just don't know anymore at this point. I love the signings that we've done, but we there's so many places that we need to address in the offseason. Oh, for sure, there are a ton of holes in this team that that still need to to be addressed. I, I think I can uh, express your your frustration over all three of the center back goals they're all offset pieces um they're all just poor defending and and the fact that it's kind of the same play each time Gutman runs to the near post or just outside the near post and flicks a header on and it's you know Michael Bradley is just rooted he's supposed to be covering the near post run and is rooted every single time like you don't know it's coming even though he's done it every single time on a corner uh, and on that, on that goal, you're talking about the second goal. So the, the second of the three goals that he scored. Yeah. is the team shuts off, right? Cause everybody thinks it's going to loop out of bounds. So everybody kind of shuts off and Atlanta stay alive to it. You know, one team looked like they were desperate to try to make the playoffs and the other one kind of looked desperate once they were down. Right. And, and that's a concerning thing. And, and yet, uh, uh, asks, you know, is it is it time for Bob Bradley to be questioned? I don't think it's time for Bob Bradley to be questioned in terms of everything. But if 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 there is a mentality issue at times, or if there is, or if there are players that are coming in and not feeling or not understanding what exactly they need to be doing um, at times, yeah, part of that's on the player, right? Like a you know, Bob Bradley at the end of the day can't put cleats on and go defend set pieces and and cover you know the the middle third of of the field but you do have to wonder if if the players are grasping what he's trying to get to him and if he's doing a good enough job of adapting the way that he that he teaches in order for those players to understand what he's doing because maybe a way that he explained things in LAFC is not exactly the same way you need to explain it at, in Toronto. And therefore, maybe your young players are not quite understanding exactly what's being asked of them. Because, yes, yeah, so we've talked all year about young players being out of position or playing different positions. But this isn't, t- tonight wasn't really an issue about young players. Yes, of course, Jaquiel... Uh, came in and didn't you know, look. It looked like a it looked like an eighteen year old who hasn't played regular minutes. That was senior players, man. There are a lot of there are senior players out there tonight. 
So, uh, you know, from that perspective, that's where maybe you can say like, okay, is he adapting his, his coaching style to help his players better understand what he is expecting from them on the pitch? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, that 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 is just one thought that that crosses my mind. I like I, all I have to say is I don't think it's time to you know to, I'm not ready to to question him yet. Um, I do believe this this you know when the season's over, um, going into 2023, he'll that's going to be his true test, right? Um, but to to ask and try to answer your question, I can't. I because I don't know. Right. I don't know if, if if players are just uh, have already kind of, you know, what resigned that they're not going to make the playoffs and they've kind of already clocked out. I don't like tonight was not good from as a whole. Right. As you said, like not to, to, to focus on on the young kids, the senior guys weren't weren't up for it today. Like the nope. team itself, like and not even to, to the team itself weren't up for today and you, you said it exactly one team was was fighting for the playoffs the other team only showed fight when they were down and it's good that you show fight when you're down but at the end of the day you want to show fight from the start of the whistle because you should be hungry to try to make the it, like if that is your end goal to make the playoffs you should be fighting from the start of the whistle not after being down yeah i mean there is also a just argument that simply enough as you said off the top of the show that midfield and that defense is just not good enough right now. And even your center forward play, just not good enough right now. You have two wingers and a left back and a central midfielder when he's fit. And the rest is kind of a question mark. Even Michael Bradley, to a certain extent, uh, I, I still think Michael Bradley has a role to play in the team. But, um, you know, we, can't, we, can't, we can no longer ask Michael Bradley to to play this amount of minutes game in game out. It's just not regardless of how fit he is and, 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 and his experience and whatnot, it, you, it's also playing a toll on him. Like he's starting to wear down. You can see it even in a, like a game like today, he was just not like he was like, again, the team itself was just not there. Yeah. And look, I, I think that, um, you know, I think there's there's positivity in the fact that we think we see some positive some positive stuff going forward into 2023. Obviously, this team is still in a rebuild and is still, you know, several pieces away from being a real contender. Okay, we, before we talked about that, we talked about that last week, but yeah, go ahead. Before we bring anyone else over, but here's a question for you and for anyone in the audience. Are, like because you know you actually said it. Are we really like how? I think we're actually a lot further than we may realize because you said it. We have two wingers, a left back, and when healthy, a mid uh, a central midfielder who is going into a contract year, or if this is like sorry he's not signed going into next year. So we really don't have a lot going into next season when it comes to quality. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. Um, I thought Chris was going to jump in, but I think we lost him for a sec. I'll probably come back. Um, yeah, I, look, I, I think that it's a tough one. It, 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 Cause if you think about it, 
okay, you can also say you got a right back of Richie Larea, but he's not our player. We don't know what his situation will be, but he'll start next season with us. It looks like at least right now. So you've got some pieces. I still think you've got some pieces that will that will be able to come into the team and give you minutes, like a Jaden Nelson. You know, I think a Kosi Thompson can give you minutes. And when I say minutes, I mean you know they can come off the bench every once in a while and spell you, spell a guy here and there, not necessarily be regulars in the team. That's not what I mean. So you're starting to figure some of that out. I do think that they I still believe that they need to use that DP spot on a central midfielder. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna belabor that point too much. I've talked about that a lot. Um, you know, I think that's where they need to use. It. I think they'll use it on a number nine, but who knows? I think the bigger thing, other than the third DP, is actually how they build out the rest of the squad next season. And you know, uh, in terms of the cap, they're not going to have a, I mean, they're going to have okay cap space, but not a ton. Uh, And they're going to have to find guys, I think, interleague who are not going to be sexy signings, but are going to be able to be solid MLS guys, you know, solid professionals. Because you've got the guys who can make magic out of nothing already, right? You got two of them. You know, a lot of teams don't have that. In this league, you got two, potentially a third if they use the third, you know, DP spot as I think they and they will. So then, what do you know? How do you build the rest of your team from there? You know, you you probably you need a goalkeeper. We've already talked about that. Westberg played okay today, but you know, I don't think you rely on that for 34, 35 games next year. You you need to go into maybe the league and find a couple of central midfielders who can, you know, be good. Not spectacular, but good. It can, get, again, spell off the bench. Of course, Jonathan Osorio's situation will dictate a lot. And again, you're going to need to find a center forward that can score goals. But more importantly, I think, be able to press from the front effectively and really be able to know how to create space for himself and for Insigne and Bernadeschi. That should, in theory, be Jesus Jimenez. But, you know, who knows what's going on there. So there are a lot of pieces that need to be filled out on this team. I guess my question becomes, you know, where does Bob Bradley go to do? Do the, does the clubs try to stay? Look, they have a history of going to Europe to try to fill some of these holes, and I don't necessarily think that's the answer. I really don't. Uh, you, maybe for the DP, sure, but you know, for your for your other roster spots, for basically anybody else who's not going to be a starter for the most part, you're going to have to probably look interleague for that, and that's going to be a key. And I don't know, I don't know how Bill or, or Bob will handle that. Uh, because unlike the last time we had to do this, you know, we had Tim Bezbachenko and he knew the league inside and out. He knew the mechanisms inside and out. 
Bob knows the league, obviously. Does he have that sort of, does he know the levers to push to sort of get a mid-level guy into the team under the cap? I don't know. I'm sure he'll have people advising him. But I don't know. And in that, and that's the part that, you know, has me a little wary. Uh, I'm positive, but it has me a little wary, if that makes sense. Um, we've got some uh, tweets in. Uh, so just uh, Robbie just saying, oh, so in, in the DPs, Richie, Mimo, all we have, all the other positions are due, are due for upgrades or a fresh take on, on for a new piece. Yep. Um, team, needs, team needs a preseason bonafide depth signings. Mac as well. Um, yeah. I mean, we got a defective Mac right now. I think he, I think he needs to go to the Apple store and uh, get replugged in uh, for next season. Uh, Jeremy asks, will a 4-3-3 work with an aging Michael Bradley? I suppose we'll figure out if Oso stays. Uh, mid is needed. Look, if Oso goes, they got to get a midfielder. I think you use a DP on a midfielder. You know, and you you figure out what you're going to do at center forward. But if, if Oso has to go, you 100% have to use that spot on, on a DP midfielder. I, I think that's... I, I don't even know if that's... Like, that domino falls and it's automatic to me. Um, unless you can find, you know, unless you can find yourself like a Diego Chara-like player interleague, but even I think that Diego Chara is a DP for Portland anyway. But if you can find somebody like that in the league, great. If not, you're going to have to go get a DP, I think. Um, uh, Richard just says, we always get so close to the real problems all year. Structurally, we have been poor. Uh, main problem is not player personnel, but instruction from Michael Bra- uh, from Bob Bradley. Uh, staff should take a lot of blame. I think they've kind of been having to shoehorn players into different formations due to injury, due to what he's got in the team. I get my, Bob Bradley is the sporting director for sure, and a lot of those decisions fall on his shoulders. But I also will say that you know he didn't have a, that long of a window to really figure things out. He came in November. Window opens in January, you know, you, you, he made some moves. Most of them were really slated for the summer. Um, so this off season will now really be the test because he's now sort of had a lay, lay of the landscape and he should, you would think, uh, be able to address some, if not every single hole. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't necessarily get every hole because again, this is a salary cap league. Um, and you just can't sign everybody as much as we'd love to see them do that. Uh, this league is about pace and physicality, and TFC have neither. TFC aren't really built to play like that. Um, and I, I don't, and I'm not quite sure the way Bob Bradley wants the team to play is meant to play like that. But one of the things they are meant to do is to press, uh, and they don't have somebody up top that really does that effectively currently, I don't think. Um, Sean, any just sort of thoughts in, in terms of the that's an interesting one for me in terms of pace and physicality and how this team is going to play. Um, you know, you think, are you happy with the way Bob Bradley's been been setting up the team? I mean, he's setting up based on on, on the players he has available, right? Um, and I think. I, with regard to the pace and the physicality, I, I definitely think that's something that can be added. But I think 
when it comes to physicality, I think also that's mental, mentally, right? You have to, like, when you're going in hard, like, whether it's a 50-50 tackle, you've got to be, want that more than the player that's going, that you're going up against. You got to, like, it, it's, it's a mental thing as well. And some of these guys just don't have that mental act, uh, you know, acumen that, that allows them to, to play that way. Right. Like you, you, as a defender, when you, when a, when a, whether it's a striker winger, when he's coming down, you want, if you're going to tackle him, you want him to know that every time he's coming near you, he's coming down on that wing or he's coming near that 18 yard box. You're going to give him that kind of hard crunching, clean, but crunching tackle. That's going to put fear in his, in, in a striker. And that's the kind of physicality we need. We don't have that. We don't have the attacking pace. Like with all the skill that we have, we don't have somebody that that has that lightning speed that can beat any defender in the league. And when you have like those those that type of pace is rare to come by, right? In in soccer, you have some real fast players, but we, you know, a player like a, a, with the pace of Alfonso Davies, there's not a lot of guys out there that kind of speed, right? Um, but it would still be nice if you had somebody that. That you know, defenders know that you know what they 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 can't cheat because he will beat you. In theory, that's supposed to be Jaden Nelson. Um, in theory, it could end up being Jaden Nelson long term, but right now, just the the reason play, defenders can defend against him is decision making is not there yet. So they can they can mark him fairly easily because they know he's going to probably nine times out of ten make the wrong decision uh, in terms of what he's going to do with the ball. Um, here's another one that's really interesting. It comes from Rod Wilhelm, and this is a this is a interesting. No strategy, no strategy since the departure of Satel, the departure from Soteldo. You replace him with a central midfielder that will leave a few months after, uh, and your number ten Pozuelo is never replaced. Um, Rod, I would argue that your number ten was replaced by Federico Bernardeschi, not a number ten. I understand. Um, but that's because Bob Bradley doesn't really want to play with one. Um or at least not one as sort of traditional number 10. You, you know, you, I, I think he's trying to look for some fluidity in terms of, you know, those moments where, yes, you can bring in Signe maybe into that quote-unquote 10 position to try to create, but the idea is that, you know, you're using your wingers to to create and use your strikers to, to sort of make space. In terms of Sateldo and and the look the the move for Salcedo, look at the time they made sense, right? Like Sateldo was not somebody who was going to be here long term and had nothing to do with his footballing, right? And had everything to do with him as a person, uh, or at least him as a person in relation to the team. So, um, you know, you make the move to get a central defender, which we needed a central defender. Um, look, like if, if, if things didn't happen the way they happened and, and Salcedo's, you know, family where the situation was different, he'd still be a Toronto FC player. Like he'd still be here. Um, and, uh, what the season looked like at that point, I don't know, but, um, I will agree that in terms of a strategy right now, we just haven't seen what that is. Because, you know, you, Insigne was already agreed to before we even brought Bradley got here, right? That That's a signing that Bill had already set up. 
Um, and it was really just the fact of the matter that Bob had to go meet him once he was hired. So that was already set up. I don't think Bob Bradley had that much to do with Bernadeschi because it, at that level, that really becomes a Bill Manning slash MLSC board kind of decision uh, in terms of the spend on that money. And then Bob is sort of brought in to say like, hey, here's the player, meet him, see if he fits in your system. Uh, the Mark Anthony K deal and the Richie Larea deal would probably have more to do with him. But even then, Richie, I think, is probably was already being sounded out, you know, as soon as he left. Um, essentially, wasn't wasn't getting minutes. Uh, so really, the only moves you can honestly say that are like, okay, sporting director, this is you. I can see your stamp on this all the all over. It's Mark Anthony K trade and maybe the signing of Daniil Henry, but again, that's more of out of necessity. So we just don't have enough, I think, to to really say what the what the strategy is going to be. This offseason will tell us a lot. So I'm going to park. So that's a long way winded way, Rod, of me saying let's park that one and come back in maybe like March and see where we're at, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. I think that actually, maybe not even March, I think what would be a fair assessment would be going into the summer window, right? Because that will essentially give time to see what, what he did going into the start of the season to prepare the team, and hopefully they're not in a desperation mode come summer window. Fair, but I think the winter window will tell us a lot once the World Cup's over, right? Because... You know, that's usually a crazy t- – yeah, it'll be a crazy time with players moving all over the place based on, you know, performances in two or three games, maybe four games if they make it to the knockout stage, right? So um, that that will be an interesting time to see how the team gets built from there because, you know, are, will they look at will they look at some World Cup players and try to see if they can get them on the team, you know, or will they kind of stick to what I think they should do which is really focus on, again, domestic solid players that fill out your roster. No, I would agree with that when it comes to, you know, the focus should, should be, you know, on, you know, your depth and, and those type of players are, are, you know, MLS journeymen that know the league, know, know the grind and, and are more prepared for um, the MLS run, you know, the travel and whatnot. When it comes to, if you are going to look at World Cup, that would be for your, you know, your your third DP, right? That's where I would I would complain if, if you know somebody who you know is already a name but really has you know steps up and if it's even possible, right? That that player at that you know because ideally, I mean, I don't want necessarily an older DP. I'd love some uh, a nice twenty something year old DP to come in and 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 is going to be here for a few years, right? But you also would think a player of that stature may still have big contracts available in Europe. Yeah. I think this is a team that is going to sign senior players uh, when they sign players, you know, um, they tried to tell though thing uh, with a quote unquote younger player was 23 when he was signed. Um, and that didn't work out. And I feel like the club wants to have experienced players in these positions. I think Bob Bradley wants experienced players in most of his positions. And, and let, let's be real also, 
Um, you know, when you're looking at DPs, part of this, again, as we said last week, is about selling tickets and selling merch and being a marketing piece, right? Like that's a big part of being a DP. Um, and, you know, you hit a home run with, with the two you've already signed in that regard. And then, of course, they're amazing on the pitch, right? And you probably got more than you thought with Bernadeschi than you, you know, from a, from a marketing perspective than you ever thought you would get. Um, and then you also get the incredible footballer as well. So, you know, that's going to be, you know, that's going to be part of it too. And, you know, I don't know if they're going to be like a, like a Philadelphia union who go and go like deep diamond in the rough bargain hunting in Europe to find a, a Daniel Gazdog, right. Who, by the way, is like ripping up the league right now. I think Philly scored another five goals tonight. I think they've scored uh what 12 uh 22 goals in three games uh in their last three um and and you know Daniel Daniel Gazdog is you know it's not a nobody but at the same time also a bit of a, a diamond in the rough signing by Ernst Tanner at, at, at Philadelphia I don't know if TFC go down that route I think TFC go for a name people know uh and, and sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes that's not uh, so we'll, we'll we'll see on that end. I, I think again, and I'm sorry I'm going back to this over and over again, but you know, it, I will deem or I will I will look at this off season and say if if they can go and get themselves another starting center back. Again, that does not have to be a DP. I really don't think you have to use a DP spot for a center back. I think you can find a starting one in MLS via trade or or via free agency. If you can go and get yourself, you know, again, Oso is going to be a big part of what that midfield looks like. If he stays, then you may have a little bit more flexibility there. If he goes, I think the DP spot is used there. You need a number nine. Uh, and again, I don't necessarily think that has to be a DP. I think that's where they will go. And then I think from the depth perspective, like you just you need some guys that are on like two three hundred thousand dollars a year who can really who can ball, but you know, they're not again they're not going to be sexy. They're going to be the Nick Dillions of the world, you know. Hopefully not vaccine deniers, but you know they're they're going to be you know dudes who can ball, not spectacular, but you know just know how to be able to play this league. Because it's been a while since we've had a, a solid core of guys who know how to do that. Um, and that's, you know, if you look at the teams, and I say this all the time, and people always give me stick for it. But if you look at the teams that do well in this league, generally speaking, they're not the teams, you know, maxing out DP spots and and necessarily – always the top of the spending charts, right? They build smartly and they build with purpose uh, and they build with a strategy and a philosophy on how they, not just, not just a formation, right? A formation is not necessarily um, the, your philosophy. That's just a way you play or how you line up when the whistle starts. Formations change throughout games constantly and become fluid no matter what. It's it's a it's about you know if you it, it, okay let's just say like Bob Bradley wants to be a guy who has his foot on the ball all the time possession is high and we want to move the ball from side to side quickly 
you know, creating space, being progressive in our passing to get ourselves into the attack. If that's how you want to play, currently the players that are on Toronto FC cannot fulfill that function. They can't, right? At least not all of them. So that's what I would want to see in the offseason. Can you find guys in this league that can do that? And there are guys in this league not making DP salaries or even max TAM money that can 100% help you do that. Are they are they as good as Bernadeschi and Insigne? No, not even close. But they don't have to be. You have Federico, Bernadeschi, and Insigne to do the magic stuff. That's what they're there for. Be the magic guys, right? What you need behind them is the dudes who go into the engine and, and make everything else tick so that when they get the ball, they just need to focus on making magic. Does that, again, like, does that make sense? Is it like the way a philosophy should be for the club? Because I feel like you know, we're not going to be Philly or even Montreal or teams that are going to rely on youth and just sort of finding diamonds in the rough in MLS. We're always going to sign big players. And that's fine. That's a way to build a team. That's 100% fine. Um, it's just, can you build around those guys smartly? And right now, we're not doing that. Well, can you do it? Yes, because we've done it in the past, right? And it, it can work. But I think with that being said, is that when, when you choose to do that, and if you can get it right, you may not have long-term success, right? Because it then becomes like trying to balance, balance that, that budget, balance that salary cap, right? At a certain point, everyone wants a bit of a raise after a few years when you're winning. You know, even the guys on the $200,000 a year salary, they want a, a bump, right? So that's the, the the downside when you go that route, right? When you have, you know, your your big name signings and then you try to fill your roster with, with journeyman, solid MLS players, that can only last to a certain point. And then you have to essentially rebuild right you can't always patch 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 because at a certain point the patch no longer covers the wound but that's what we've been doing for the last couple of years right john like like be trying to bridge the like the longest time you know we tried to extend 2017 into 2018 you know great in the champions league and i get why you do it in that case obviously you just want to treble you've had the greatest MLS season of all time. You almost get to, you all, you are a penalty. You are a, I hate to say it, the Marquis Delgado kind of sitter away from being a continental champion. So I understand at that point um, why you do it. Obviously when 2019 comes around, that's when some of that change would have happened. But Hey, you know, fan base, we all want, like, I, I, like I'll 100% admit it. Like, I was I was totally baying for, you know, Michael Bradley getting a new contract and for Josie to stay. You want the good times to continue. But I think, you know, what TFC are going to have to be this time around is a little bit more ruthless with players. Um, and, and, and past, you're always going to have to be looking two, three steps ahead on how you, how you continue to build the team. Uh, and, and again, I, I, I think that we don't have a great track record of that. We're always patching, like you say, patching holes, you know, patching here and there, trying to find a guy to, you know, patch that Seb role. 
And then we're trying to find another guy to patch the Josie hole. And then we're trying to patch and find a guy to, you know, patch the Drew Moore hole. And like, I, I, I honestly think like this team still severely misses old man Drew Moore. That's probably one of the most, that's probably one of the hardest losses this team's at is losing old man Drew Moore. Like, I know he couldn't run anymore. And I know he was, you know, but man, that dude was solid. That dude was solid, right? Like, and 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 you and 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 you haven't replaced that guy realistically because, since he's left. You haven't replaced him, right? Because it's more than just replacing with a player on the pitch. It's replacing somebody. Like, it's what he brings in and out uh, of the pitch, and that those those type of guys are hard to come by. Very they're they they're they're you know a handful of them in the league, but it's a matter of of maybe trying to find the next. Right, trying to find the, that that you know that that someone who can who can be that type of character who has that within that. But they, but here's the thing: like those guys are in the league and have become those kind of guys have become available in free agency. We haven't gone after them because you know, like maybe not the people in this room, but like you know, we, we know TFC fans. We like big signings. We like flashy big signings. That that's sexy. It's exciting. Of course, it's exciting. Um, I'm excited when they happen. Um, but I also realized that getting those glue guys, those guys who are not the sexy guys, you know, like to me, if TFC in the off season, if Matt Hedges becomes available, um, if you don't follow MLS deeply, that's okay. He's a center back for Dallas right now, who by the way are, are playing really well, um, at the moment. Um, again, not also spending a ton of money on DPs, uh, you know, that's a guy he's a dude you know he's a dude he's not he's not a he's not a guy people are going to go buy matt hedges jerseys no one's going to buy a matt hedges jersey but that is a dude who's solid in this league and proven in this league you know and this is a guy who's this guy who's been in the league long enough to see the different evolutions of this league where you know the players and the attacking players get better and better and better and better every single season and he's able to raise his game every single season you know, like you, th- those are the guys you need, right? You need a, a you know, a, again, I'm thinking off the top of my head, like you, you need, or who might be available in the off season. Like you need somebody kind of like, almost like, um, uh, oh, he's, a, he's the pest that plays for the New York Red Bulls in the midfield. Uh, I'm forgetting his name now, but it's Sean something. I'm forgetting his name, but the, again, a pest, a guy like that, you know, he's going to be an MLS lifer, but the guy balls the guy balls and he wins the ball and he presses like crazy. And, you know, there's a reason why we can't beat the Red Bulls because those little pests belong on a team. Right. So, you know, from that perspective, you know, that's, that's going to be the interesting part. If TFC can make that mental shift in their, in their sort of player acquisition and transfer strategy to find players that can fit what Bob Bradley wants to do, which is high energy, you know, pressing when you don't have the ball, but retain it and keep possession and move it and cycle it from side to side when you do when you do those guys are in the league you don't have to go to Europe to get them all um and and you know if they if they start if I start hearing a lot of you know Serie A players again uh, as a whole bunch of signings I, I'm gonna I'm gonna raise an eyebrow you know I'm gonna raise an eyebrow but what's going on here no that's that you know you're 100 right like those are the kind of guys that we need um to to fill out the roster you know again i think they've done a, an outstanding job when it comes to who they brought in 
um, but it's it's ensuring that you have the right pieces to allow those players to flourish. Absolutely. Uh, a couple of more tweets coming in. Noah just asking, how do we concede four to Atlanta? Great question, Noah. Um, Atlanta were just simply better than us. Uh, and they had a difference maker that got on the ball a lot. His name was Tiago Amada. Um, now, granted, uh, also we were terrible. At def- I know you say you I missed uh, one of the few games you missed this year. Uh, a center back scored a hat trick on three set piece headers. So, you know, that will happen. Um, or at least, you know, that's how you lose uh, when you can't defend a set piece and the same center back pops up unmarked. Well, not unmarked every time. He did out-jump Lucas McNaughton on one of them. Um, yeah, that's... that's and even, even the third, the second goal, like, you know, Jimenez, I don't think there was anything else Jimenez could do, and he was right up on it. But it's it's when you when everyone else is just kind of, like, standing watching, and you they're literally playing ping-pong in the box from a corner kick with headers... It's embarrassing to watch. Yeah, well, the, I, and this is something that we've mentioned on the show before. This team is not great at winning second balls either, right? Like, this team does not win second balls. <laughs> they, they, they do not. Uh, you know, either they have the ball and they're able to, you know, sprint in transition and create something, which uh, which both goals led from transition moments, um, you know, or they just don't win a second ball. And then that's kind of what happened in the first half is you, they could win a second ball and save their lives, right? They'd pump it up the field and, you know, try to contest it, and they just would not have enough players around the ball to win the second ball. Uh, and if you can't win second balls, man, you don't get possession. So, you know, that just, that's a, you know, that's a basics. That's soccer for dummies 101. Um, and, and that's, uh, and that's kind of what happened in a lot of large stretches of the game. I think in the second half, TFC got a little bit better in terms of attacking. They, they, Interesting, um, we were talking a little bit about formation, um, and I can't believe I forgot to mention this, but in the second half, they they switched a little bit and put Ayo Akinola and Jesus Jimenez both on the pitch at the same time and essentially played a diamond midfield uh, with Bernadeschi kind of at the top of the diamond. Um, you'd sort of go wide again and then come back in, but generally the idea was that he would play at the top of that, that diamond, and it, it seemed to help at least get their foot on the ball a little bit more. Um, so good. But it also did also leave them open to transition moments a little bit more, which uh, kind of speaks to a lot of the corners that they got in the second half. And then, of course, um, the headers that went in uh, on those uh, on those corner on those corner plays. I, I think that was out of necessity it was simply, you know, if they were stagnant, they at that point, Bob, Bob was throwing everything at, at it to try to get the win. Um, and But you're right. It, you know, switching to that formation exposes them in the midfield even more, um, which they were struggling. Like, as you saw, if they turned that ball over, it was, you know, all hands on deck trying to get back. Yeah, absolutely. And that's when Tiago Mata could get space, right, and run at the back line. Um, and look, it was a calculated risk. You know, you had to put a second striker on. I get it um, from that perspective. That was probably the sort of, okay, we're doing this, but here's the risk. You know, don't turn the ball over cheaply, which they still did. Um, but yeah, you know, that, that that's that's I think it helped in a sense that it got TFC in the game. But obviously, when you're still a team that still struggles um, defending transitions, you know, that will happen also when you're also struggling to 
uh, defend set pieces and you give up a lot of them, you know, that will, that will happen. Um, Robbie says, uh, it, as tough as it's been, there's a path ahead. There's promise. There's an identity, even if some players don't fit well enough within it. At the moment, the rebuild is definitely coming a little later than needed due to poor management of the roster. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of what sums up what we've really been saying in a nice tweet. Um, you know, the rebuild is here. It's going to happen. And now it's that's the focus uh, is 2023. I mean, again, mathematically, this team is not out of it. But, I mean, again, I, I'll, I'll happily eat a hat or something. I won't eat a hat. You know, maybe I'll, I don't know. I'll, I'll figure out something I'll see. But uh, if they, uh, if they make it, if, if some by the, you know, footballing math Cthulhu gods somehow allow TFC to qualify for the playoffs, if they go 4-0 and and somehow Philly, New England, Columbus, you know, well, Cincinnati are almost too far ahead now. They won again tonight and big. Uh, you know, Atlanta, because now they've be, they've leapfrogged us. Charlotte, they've leapfrogged us too. Um, yeah, I can't see a way it happens, but if it does, I'll, you know, I'll eat something. I don't know. Um, that, that's on you. I'm not making no bets. <laughs> but at the end of the no, day, that's a smart I, thing. That's it, smart it, thing. It, it, simply, I'll be ecstatic if that happens, right? But again, the, that the, that's the problem. It's not. It's beyond our control. It's and well beyond our control. I I'm not relying on on everyone else to fail. And I mean, you're asking you're asking a lot because I mean, we already know our depth. We already know how when when key players are out, and you know, we're assuming. Krishito was more out of out of precaution than anything else than taking him out. But again, like we're not healthy right now going into the last four games. So uh, yeah. I don't yeah. think that I just no. don't know. No, and I think that, that I think that's why we're having this discussion around roster building for 2023, because realistically the 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 sort of work for that you know, quote unquote starts now. I know it's been starting well before that with the with front office team, but I mean you now it's this is four games you start looking at, yeah, you know, who's really gonna be here, who's really not gonna be here um for for the for the twenty twenty three run. So we will see. Uh Sean, I think we'll wrap it up there. Um any last thoughts uh before we head on out tonight? You know, I you know I, we're all disappointed. We're all frustrated we're you know we 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 all i guess deep down we're hoping with that little slimmer hope that you know they could get that win and still keep a little bit of hope alive but you know it is what it is right we we just got to hope that again come off season they get it right there's there's, at this point there's nothing there's no point to get any angrier or any more frustrated we just got to look towards next season 100 percent okay guys uh thank you everybody for listening in uh to this week's tunnel club post game show um thank you for tweeting in all of your questions and your thoughts uh about this game and about sort of the road ahead for tfc i think there's going to be a lot of 
soul searching, reflecting on this season, but also where this team is going in 2023. Interesting note, as a lot of you will know, most likely this will be the first time Toronto FC has missed the playoffs in two consecutive years since the 2013-2014 run. So just uh, the the end of the dark ages uh, for Toronto FC. So, um, you know, it's been a while uh, for, for a lot of us uh, to be back on this, uh, to be back in this boat. Uh, but here we are. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, again, you know, there there is... There is a there. I feel there is a a route to getting back to where we were. I think the route is there. It's just whether or not you know Bob Bradley can find the map and read the map. Um, but we'll see. Uh, so just a couple of programming notes. Uh, we will be back next week um, for the uh, next uh, away game. That is, and I'm now starting for dead games. Sean, who are we playing next? I'm now forgotten. Uh. It's somewhere in Florida. Oh, we're playing Orlando. It's Orlando. Yeah, no, never mind. It's Orlando. I knew it was one of the two Orlando, Florida teams that I realized we play Miami here. So, yeah, we'll have uh, we'll be back next week uh, for the away game in Orlando, um, whether it's the day of or the day after. Uh, we'll return with the show. Uh, Toronto Till I Die. Uh, a lot of you listened to that podcast. We were off this week. Every time we tried to record, one of us got sick. Uh, so uh, we will be back uh, this coming Monday with a new show. Uh, on behalf of Sean, my name is Mike. Thanks for listening to the Tunnel uh, Club post game show. We'll have this up in podcast form. Hello, podcast listeners. Uh, ne- or probably tomorrow at some point. Uh, so when you do listen to the podcast, do us a favor: like, review, uh, subscribe uh, to Toronto Till I Die. Uh, and give the Tunnel Club a favorable rating if you could, please. Okay? Other than that, have a good night. We will talk to you soon. Take care.